0: Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com, and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competitions and exhibitions, our blog and newsletters, view videos of our artists' work, and even listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is Janice Grau. A Maryland native, Janice has been working in watercolors for about 25 years. She was a middle school teacher for 35 years and then retired to sunny Florida in 2010. She earned a BFA degree from the Maryland Institute College of Art, And she has pursued coursework at Towson University and various workshops earning credits in education and art that are equivalent to a master's plus 30. She lived and taught school for many years in Baltimore and on the eastern shore of Maryland. Today, Janice maintains a home and studio in Florida. She finds numerous subjects for her watercolors from the natural settings in both of these coastal areas. Well, Janice, welcome to An Artist Speaks. Thank
1: you very much, Mike. I'm glad to have a conversation with you.
0: Well, we're glad to have you on the show this morning, and let's start off by having you tell the audience a little bit more about yourself.
1: Well, um, I guess the best way to begin is to say that when I was very young, I was told I (laughs) must have been born holding a crayon. Um, An interesting (laughs) story was that um, in our home, Our heat only came from a furnace in the basement, and we had um, a four-by-four grate on the living room floor. And I was fascinated when I would drop the crayons through the grate and watch them (laughs) melt together on the inside of the furnace edge. And my father would get really upset every time he smelled burning wax. So that was the beginning. That's probably my earliest memory. Um, But I really can't remember a time that I was not making art of one kind or another. And um, that early crayon melting color on color evolved to the point where the crayons become a brush and the wax colors have morphed into brilliant watercolors. And I have a high school teacher to thank for that. I think every... Every, I was a teacher for 35 years, and so I think every teacher had a mentor somewhere, someone that they um, wanted to emulate. And for me, um, that happened when I was 14, and I walked into the art class at Dundalk High School and met James Laubheimer. Um, I had planned on being a nurse, when I went into high school because I I had an an aunt that I admired who was a nurse, but he changed all that for Mm -hmm. me. And I previously never thought I was really good enough um, to be an artist, and I thought I'd pick something that I knew I could do well, which was nursing. But I always loved kids, and um, watching him interact in our art class with all of us um he just became someone that i really looked up to and it turned out later that he became the pivotal figure in my life because without him i probably would have never gone into heart probably would not have been at the maryland institute because this was in the in the early 60s and most young girls graduated and became secretaries or um nurses, and so I, I was the first one in my family to go to college, and it was because of this teacher that uh, I was able to do that. He helped me um, create a portfolio and helped me find scholarship money, and he just became um, the guiding light for me, so I will always, always thank him for putting me on that path, because although I always liked to do art, as I said, I never thought I could actually make a career of it, but that's all changed (laughs) from the day I met him, so I'm very, very happy that he came into my life.
0: Well, Janice, that's a marvelous story. It is wonderful to have someone in your life that was so influential in your art.
1: I I can't say enough positive things, and and, I mean thousands of children went through his classroom, and in our graduating Mm -hmm. class, there were 12 of us that went on to the Maryland Institute, 12 out of a class of 15 that had him as as a teacher, (laughs) and some became fine artists, uh, many became teachers, and um, Mm -hmm. he actually became the supervisor of art in the first county where I worked, so... It, it's just one of those things where you can look back on your life and see, you know, someone's hand was in that all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I hoped as I as I evolved as a teacher that I would be able to have that same influence on other students. One time I wrote a letter to him and, and expressed my gratitude and I said to him I owe you a debt I can never repay and he said to me whatever you think I've done for you, just do that for someone else. So, you know, it was like paying it forward. And I had many mm-hmm. students that went went on to art school, and one or two that became teachers, some became fine artists. So that, you know, it, it, it really is a whole um, complete component in my life, the fact that I met him and then what happened afterwards, so... And I love painting flowers because um, i 've never i 've never been able to grow flowers. People give me flowers, give me plants, and within a month they 're they 're withered and dying and so you know from from a very young age i I always loved flowers. We had sweet peas growing in our backyard that my grandmother planted, and that was probably my first experience with any kind of flower. I was maybe five or six and um And from then on, I just really have always enjoyed looking at them, arranging them, but mostly painting them. And I never really was accomplished at doing that until I was much older. I I never really had the time when I was teaching to pursue Mm -hmm. personal art because you're always planning lessons for the children. And and I would create art, but it would always be connected to whatever the lesson happened to be. And so when I was... Getting ready to retire in 2009, I I took the opportunities. You know, whenever a door opened, I thought, okay, I'm going to go ahead and pursue this on my own. And um, the first thing that that ever happened, I would paint in my classroom. It was really funny because I would paint in my classroom. Flowers or still life, and the children would say, Mrs. Growl, you're so good. That's really wonderful. And I said to them, well, that would be very (laughs) strange if your art teacher couldn't paint and draw, don't you think?
0: (laughs) It would be.
1: Yeah, they enjoyed that. And then um, I don't remember if I got an email or just read about the Gasparilla Festival in Tampa. It occurs every year, and um, Mm -hmm. they put out a call for what they called emerging artists. And I certainly considered myself to be an emerging artist because even though I'd taught art for 35 years, I'd never really Mm -hmm. produced art. And so I sent in um, some examples of my work and was very, very surprised (laughs) that they um, asked me to participate as one of 10 emerging artists. So that was my very first experience professionally. And uh, that involved you know setting up a tent putting up panels to display my work and, and coming from Maryland all the way to Tampa while I was still teaching school so it was a, it was a very interesting experience dragged my brother with me to help do the setup and so on so that was my first first time and since I've lived here I've been fortunate enough to be invited to many many festivals and have really enjoyed doing that although now I devote my time just to working in my studio. But flowers have been my subject matter since I started painting professionally. I do paint other things, still life and landscapes, but I, I just love flowers so much that that's what I've focused on. I I thought it would be good to have a niche, and that's my niche.
0: <laughs> so. Well, that's funny. I had read uh, about your lack of a green thumb uh, in, in your bio, and uh, I, too, have that same problem. But, and a friend of mine put in their uh, Facebook page that their artificial cactus died because they forgot to water the <laughs> I thought, that's me. <clears throat> that's me. Well, let's talk about your art. Uh, and if you want to focus on flowers, uh, take the audience through, if you will, Janice, uh, how you go about getting the inspiration for your art and then the process you go through in creating your art.
1: Well, usually um, it comes from something I've seen. I, I spent a lot of time driving back and forth to school for 30 years, and so I would mm-hmm. often um, see things that I thought, oh, that would make a wonderful painting. And then in the spring and summer, I lived in a small town, um, it, Berlin, Maryland, which actually was the setting for um, Runaway Bride. And so it, it's very mm-hmm. picturesque and um there are a lot of um people that grow flowers there constantly and um i would always say wow that would make a great painting and i never had time to pursue it so finally i said this is ridiculous you need to start you know bringing to life some of the things that you see in your mind's eye so one of the one of the homes i would pass every spring the lady would grow red poppies and they would be um, standing tall against a white picket fence and I don't know how many springs I. the house was right at the end of the street where I live I would make a right turn there to go to work and um, I said no this is enough already I, I one day I just came home with my camera I got my camera and went back up the street and started snapping photographs and um, finally was able to produce the painting, and and I actually went and gave um, the resident that lived there a reproduction of it. Um, but that's mm-hmm. how I begin. I usually see a subject, and then I kind of visualize it in you know in my mind's eye. You know how it's going to look when I'm finished, and I will mm-hmm. use my camera um, to capture the images because you know light is changes constantly and. Although my high school teacher encouraged us to always paint in plain air, I, I just, you know, I've got to be too old to be <laughs> trekking anywhere with all the stuff that was required, so it was much easier just to take my camera. And so I would I would snap all kinds of, um, you know, buds and leaves and, and the image from different um, viewpoints. And then when I would go home, I would look at the images and make sketches, and when I had something that I thought would work, I trans—I would transfer my sketch to um, Arch's paper. I paint on Arch's watercolor paper, and uh, mm-hmm. for years, I painted with um, Windsor Newton paints, which was great, and then um, I found watercolor inks, brilliant watercolor inks, and I just love them. And they, the, the colors are so much more intense. And so for mm-hmm. maybe 12 years, I've used um, watercolor inks rather than tube watercolor. And um, mm-hmm. I, it's important to me to be able to um, catch the luminosity and the intensity in, in the um, flowers and so that someone that's maybe a non-artist can see it through my eyes and uh, you know appreciate something that they may never have noticed before. That's one of the reasons that I like to do a, like a bird's eye view, a very close-up image um, kind of in the style of Georgia O'Keeffe, who's been one of the artists that I've mm-hmm. admired for a long time. Uh, and I think that um, if given a proper image, everyone could see what I see. And so I felt really fortunate because I would often be riding along with my son and I would say, look at that, do you see those? There's got to be like 80 shades of green in those trees right there. Mom, I can't see that. <laughs> it's green is green, he would say. But um, in my in my paintings i I try to show what I see a, as an artist, and i I'm, I'm hoping that that comes through to the viewer because that's my intention and Then lots of times an artist a uh, watercolor artists uh, will call something that goes wrong a happy accident because they can actually turn that into something really well done on their on their paper, and that happens frequently, actually. I don't think I've had <laughs> to start too many watercolors over because I've taken advantage of something that looked like it was supposed to be wrong but turned out perfectly in the end. So when I'm finished, I, I hope that I've um, captured the photographic image but interpreted it visually so that other people can see what I see. And uh, most of my paintings have a story behind them. If if someone would pick any one painting, I, I would say, well, that painting came about because, and there's always a story. I did one. Um, my grandmother grew yellow irises in her yard, and um, when she finally moved from our house, she gave each of her grandchildren some of the bulbs, and they were useless to me because if they grew, <laughs> I mean... That. I think maybe they grew one season. I don't really remember, but my sister mm-hmm. grew them and my cousins, and and so I would so I photographed the irises, and then I did a, a painting of a yellow iris, and then it goes like that. Everyone has a story. I have a painting of purple sweet peas, and it, it came from those those childhood that childhood memory, um, mm-hmm. and so each each painting is is a point of reference in my life something happened in my life that made me create that just like the story of the poppies and you know seeing something every day and saying i'm going to take i take that image and, and turn it into a painting um another painting that i i've been i'm proud of is one called under the coconut palm uh in our in our front yard we have uh a coconut palm and more often than not, I look, go out and I'll look up and the, and the sunlight is just streaming through the palm fronds. And, and so one day I said, I'm, I'm just going to photograph this. It's perfect lighting. And I did that and eventually turned that into a painting. And the interesting thing is that that same palm casts uh, palm frond shadows on our driveway and my husband said, why don't you outline those palm frond shadows and turn that into a, a painted driveway? So that's kind of in the back of my mind. I doubt <laughs> it will ever be, um, I'll ever act on it because, you know, shadows change rapidly. So
0: mm-hmm. anyway, yes, so e-
1: each, each <laughs> painting has a story like that.
0: Well, that's simply wonderful. And, and your art is very wonderful. And you had mentioned earlier you were surprised when the, Gallery or the competition in um, oh gosh, tell me what town that was again? Well it's in Tampa, Tampa. Gasparilla. Tampa,
1: Gasparilla, Tampa. Yeah, Gasparilla, when you were in Tampa, the...
0: I, your your art, did I? I wouldn't. I wasn't surprised. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> I, your art is very. Your flowers are very, very detailed and and so lifelike. So, Janice. I think this is a good time to take a commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk in depth about a couple more of your uh, paintings that you have on the gallery. Okay. And I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase Janice Grau's artwork by going to Contemporary Art Gallery online, uh, click on the Artist tab that says uh, Feature Gallery Artists, and then find Janice Grau's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants, so if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member tab and follow the prompts under the member application process. And if you're a designer, an architect, or just a lover of art who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artists from around the world. You can search by style, medium, color, size, or even by the individual artist. And again, to view Janice Grau's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery under the Artist tab and then follow the prompts to Janice Grau's name. Well, Janice, uh, let's talk about Kala Lily Rainbow. Tell the audience, if you would, about that piece. One of
1: my very favorite pieces, and I'm really thinking it's probably the favorite of a lot of other people also, because (laughs) I've sold many, many reproductions of that painting, as well as selling the original uh, a couple years ago. Um, That piece of art actually um, got me into um, Art Fest Fort Myers here in Florida, because I had uh, applied one other year and, and without success and then the year that I painted that I um, submitted it as one of my three images and, and was really pleased to be accepted into the festival um, but that's another painting with another story because um, I had a friend who had uh, calla lilies in her wedding bouquet and wanted me to do a painting of of those, which I did for her personally. Um, but it was mm-hmm. boring because they were all cream colored and and uh only, only um artistic variances that I could do were in shadowing and, and um you know mm-hmm. subtleties in, in the coloring. So it right. it made me think about what other colors cow lilies came in. And so I went online to look that up and was amazed, amazed to see that they are all the colors of the rainbow. And I had never realized that before. <laughs> so I started searching out places where I could make photographs. And um, and eventually, I that painting was nothing that I observed as a whole, but rather put together from individual images that I was able to capture at various places that I visited, various gardens and so on. And the idea for the title just came naturally because once I decided that I was going to try to incorporate as many of them as I could into a single painting, it turned out to remind me of a rainbow. And so I think other people really enjoy that because, as I said, it's been really popular, and uh, I know that I loved painting. And I was almost sorry to sell the original. It's it's like you, you let go of one of your children, when, especially if you've been very attached to something. And uh, I, I had a lot of pleasure researching that and and arranging the composition and and painting it and. And then I, a buyer contacted me online and was interested in purchasing it. So I let it go, uh, but I can still enjoy the reproduction, so that's really good.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: So that's the story of Paul Lily Rainbow. It, it gave me um, entrance into art festivals here in Florida, and I have enjoyed participating in, in several, and... Um, Like I said, if people saw in it something that I saw, I hope, because Mm -hmm. they must have or else they wouldn't be purchasing the reproductions.
0: Well, It is a beautiful piece of art.
1: Thank you so much. And
0: And another uh, piece that you have on the gallery is Spring Poppies. Tell the audience, if you would, about that piece.
1: Well, that's the piece that I created after years of driving by my neighbor's yard, and um, oh.
0: <laughs> I, I
1: really, I really like it because in that painting I was able to really capture the the paper-like quality of the poppy's petals, and that's it was really difficult to do. I think I did a, a preliminary painting before I finished did the final one, and it was it was challenging very challenging but in the end i was very pleased with the results of it and i think and then the 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 uh, poppy buds um if you're familiar with them at all they have a really mm-hmm. fine white hair like on the outside of the buds and Capturing that correctly was was a challenge also. So, um, and I have to say that my neighbor was just really thrilled, you know, to have a copy of that <laughs> painting. And, um, I often do that. Like if I if I uh, use someone's, um, I painted another one called uh, Fan Palm and Boraginella, and it's our neighbor up this up here in Florida um, has a beautiful mm-hmm. fan palm in his yard, and and I just um, Used it as sub- as the reference for the painting, and then gave him a reproduction of it because I feel like they should at least know that what their hard work has inspired somebody <laughs> to create something permanent and and that's another reason why i I really love painting the flowers because you know real flowers die and fade away and change mm-hmm. color and right. even in a garden, but the one you have hanging on your wall will never ever change so that's another um, another reason and why. And it never I'm needs ready. watering. That's right. That's right. And you don't have to be a gardener or have a green phone.
0: So, Well, Janice, we are getting near the end of the show, and I always like to ask artists uh, for them to give any advice that they would share with someone that was new getting into the art field.
1: Well, um, i say that probably the most important thing that I've learned is never to think that you're not good enough. That would probably be my best piece of advice. You may find places in your art where you need to improve. Um, You should seek out a mentor, someone whose work you've admired that you can actually reach verbally, you know, in person, uh, maybe a former teacher, maybe a, maybe a friend, maybe someone at a local um, gallery, and I, I know that they would be willing to, to give you know, advice, uh, but not to give up on yourself, to just keep doing. If it's something that you love, you should continue to do it. I, I used to tell my children in the, my classroom that I would, I would come there every day and teach, even if they never paid me any money that's how much i loved doing art and teaching art and mm-hmm. i was really fortunate in my life to spend 35 years going to work every day and it wasn't a job it was something mm-hmm. that i really loved and that makes you know that makes it worth it to you know to get yourself to a point where you can Actually, do something that you really love instead of and but even if it 's a hobby i mean it's it's a break from from whatever you have to do that you don't find as pleasurable, and then you spend that time doing your art and so just don't give up, you know, seek out people who that you admire who can help you, and I know they'd be willing to and uh, and be open to suggestions, um, not to be um, at a place where you think, well, no, this is the way I do it and I'm never going to change it <laughs> because that <laughs> leaves you that leaves you in a stagnant place. You know, if, if that were the case, it I would have yeah. Prob- yeah, probably never started painting in the first place. So that would be my advice.
0: Yes, that's wonderful advice. And I agree too. Uh, I think it's... The, the thing that I have always found about artists is the vast, vast majority are eager to share how they do their art, uh any tricks that they have developed over the years or or things that they've learned from other artists. And I just think it's imperative that artists hang around, associate, be around other artists. I think it just fuels your whole creativity, plus it's a an area to get feedback and inspiration from.
1: And uh just keep on painting. Keep on doing it. Uh, I can remember going all the way back to high school again for a minute. Um, that same teacher, um, Mr. Lobheimer, um, he would send us every weekend out into the community to do a, a, a painting, and it didn't matter whether it was winter, summer, it didn't, uh, you know, spring. <laughs> it didn't matter. And one, and every week, we knew we would have to, you know. Sorry to date myself, but we would have to take all of our stuff and get on the streetcar and ride to whatever location he had uh, specified for the subject matter and One time the subject was the view of um, the Baltimore skyline from federal hill, and this was in the dead of winter, January, I think it was, mm-hmm. and so we would mm-hmm. six or seven of us had gotten together and went there and when we, we did our sketching and then we brushed the wash on our paper and it turned to ice crystals. And everyone <laughs> said, no, 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 this is ridiculous. So, this isn't I mean, working. <laughs> yeah, so just, you know, you just want to keep creating. Don't let the weather stop you. Don't let anything stop you. If you love it, do it.
0: Well, that is wonderful advice. And Janice, I want to thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speaks.
1: Thank you so much for asking me. It's been fun.
0: Well, it's been fun. And and I want to thank you for, I'm sure, all the artist's lives that you have touched in your years of teaching and sharing your love of art.
1: Well, it's something that I I really, really loved doing, and I hope the children loved being with me. I'm sure some of them did. They've said so. <laughs> so thank you very much for that.
0: Well, I'm sure they did, too. And again, I want to thank our listeners for being with us today and to view Janice Grau's stunning art or to listen to this interview and, of course, purchase some of Janice Grau's art, visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online. I want to let all the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts a monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the Art Competition tab and follow the prompts. And you can check out all of our upcoming competitions and exhibitions while you're there. If you're an architect, an interior designer, or a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find everywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog, so please sign up today so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. An Artist Speaks airs every other Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so we'll meet again in two weeks. But next Saturday at this time, be sure to listen to our show, The Business of Art, by artist and published author Sharon Hawkshaw, who shares tips and ideas on how artists can grow their business. Thank you for listening to us today, and have a great rest of your weekend.